Hello and welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about Speedy Motorbike. On today's episode, we're going to break down the action from the British and Aragon GP. Matt w- Matt Polanski with you, as always, joined by Josh Wilson and Bunno GP. Uh, we've been away for about a month now. Uh, between Josh and Bunno being at Silverstone, they're recovering from Silverstone, scheduling conflicts, a toilet needing replaced, and a hot water tank exploding. It's been a <laughs> bit of a month. So, Josh, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm all right. It's good to finally be, be out of hibernation for the last month or so. Has it really been a month? Yeah, it's been a month. Months. I looked on. We just. I looked at the last mind. episode. The last episode was August 18th. Wow, that's that's flown by, and it? it really that's has. Got mm-hmm. as well. So we were I, I, like the 17th, I mean, 16th. I, mm-hmm. I wish I wish this summer break had have flown by that quickly, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. Um, again, we've got two to cover because, like I said, life just gets in the way when you're like amateur podcasters. You know, you you just yeah. can't, and especially when one of us, or well, depending on how we look at it, for us, one of us lives the other side of the the world. So trying to like schedule a podcast where all three of us can actually be on it, it it's quite tough. So mm-hmm. it's just good to be back. Yeah, Bono, how about you? Yeah, I think I kind of take a bit of responsibility, but also not in having a podcast out earlier because we could have probably done one straight after Silverstone, but I was just, I, I, I didn't have COVID, but I was like what everybody was like that had COVID for the first time and just basically was on death's door. I was in such a state I couldn't record. Um, so, yeah. We all, know other... that try, we all know that little kid kicked your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I was um I wasn't very well at all. So uh, other than that, I've been good. But again, like Josh says, I'm kind of glad to be recording again because it does feel like it's not been a month, but it also does because we're so used to recording pretty like weekly that any more than a week mm-hmm. feels like oh my god, we've not recorded in so long. But now I've lost track of when it actually yeah. was until you told me that I'm like I have no idea in any sense of time and what we've covered, what we haven't. Because that's a month of like news on, you know, Mavericks rode a Yamaha, uh, the Yamaha rode an Aprilia, and now racing an Aprilia full time in the space of us being like, oh, he's he's going to test an Aprilia. Like, yeah, we've got. I mean, we could do a podcast on the news itself, really. Yeah, I think um, this podcast now will literally be race recap of Silverstone and Aragon, and then the week after this, we have a a two week break. So not two week break, but like a, a weekend in between. We'll try and do a mm-hmm. podcast then to a get the foot back in the door and rotate in weekly as opposed to monthly, and kind of just scan over everything that we didn't cover in this podcast. So yeah, and anything that obviously between, we would. Know. Yeah, as as we go through this, we'll anything major we'll mention. Obviously, we know that in Aragon, um, oh, what's it? I forgot his name. Bunch of news dementia. broke. Uh, yeah, bunch of news broke. Like you know, we get, we had Aprilia. Yeah. Um, we had Vinales on the Aprilia, so obviously we're, we're, we're going to mention the fact that he's on the Aprilia now, so there's a bit of news. So, you know, we'll we'll skim over news as we go along, I think, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get right into the races today. Uh, first, we've got the British GP, which you were both at, so of course we got to get into how was it there. Bono, you were there all weekend from, what, yeah. Wednesday to Sunday or Wednesday to Monday? To Monday. Yeah, it's a Monday. I'm yeah, so how was just, it there? 
just hardcore and like Josh, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's just Josh has a life. I don't. Um, basically, yeah, it, it was great. It, you know, like I, I love going and whatnot because the the race weekend's amazing. But I just want to clarify. I, I don't want to sound like a snob when I'm saying this, but I have to clarify this to people that maybe haven't been to a race or don't really have like an idea of what goes on in when. I was at Silverstone, and I don't know if Josh got this or you got this at Moto America, Matt, but people message me as if, like, when I'm there, I see everything that happens. Yeah, People will be like, oh, my God, did you see Marquez crash at Maggots and Beckett's? And I'm like, no, I wasn't at the corner. They're like, but you're there. And I'm like, what do you mean, but I'm there? The, the, (laughs) The track's like three and a half, four miles long, and you expect me to see every crash, every overtake, everything that happens when re- in, in reality when you actually go you see less you have to check up on twitter yeah. because you only see you don't want to be attached to your phone so you see what happens at that corner that you're at or the straight or whatever and that's it so when people are messaging mm. me over the weekend like oh my god like that ha- that happened there you must have been freaking out when that <laughs> happened and i'm like i have no idea what you're on about and they're like you missed it and you you're actually there and i'm like that's not how it works. Like when you go, you will realize that you don't actually catch as much as what you want. You just see if it happens in front of you, you then go that happened in front of me. If you, if you then don't reference the big parts that people are like, you've not mentioned this bit it's because it didn't happen near us. Okay. So if you're asking me and Josh, did you see Marquez crash in front of you and take Jorge Martin out? No, because he didn't crash near (laughs) us. So stop Did you mentioning see it as Fabio if, like, giving we were... himself a nut tap? Yeah, it's what I mean. Like it, it's funny because people have this perspective as if you're like in the helicopter, like you follow it round, and it's like no, it, we just don't. Like it sounds weird, that. but you, it sounds odd. But you have to go after you've watched the races. You need to actually watch them on. Go the and watch the races. Yeah, yeah. yeah, actually see it all because you just mm-hmm. do not get. Like you go for the atmosphere, or, you know? up on the catch up. Yeah, you go for the atmosphere, you go for the reality and you know, actually seeing <laughs> it in the flesh. But I literally came back on the Monday and when I was just on death's door, I just sat and watched BT Sport on any like catch up thing. And I even though I'm on Twitter in between sessions and whatnot and later on in the day and you know, catching up with people through our whether it be our account or my account or whatever, I see, you know, the big things that have happened. But me like wanting to know every little detail, I like see things and I'm like oh my god I, I would have never have known that because it's not like TV worthy to put it on Twitter do you know what I mean it's like oh this right. happened but you know you, you see like the odd crash in front of you and you see you know certain little things that maybe the TV doesn't pick up you know you see mm. people like maybe riders interacting with one another and kind of giving each other these you know hand signals that the TV are like maybe don't show that and you're like why are they not showing that you know but yeah, yeah it it was great. I don't know. I'll let Josh have his piece. I just thought I'd clear that up from now on. That if I go to a race <laughs> and I get asked another question, if I've seen three million crashes, I might actually just implode. It, it just, you, you, I, I'm not in the helicopter. Just leave me be, please. <laughs> Maybe you should be, don't know. Maybe um... I should. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was my first ever. MotoGP race, um, and it was a hell of an experience. It was like really good. Um, I'd say good. There were, um, 
I don't think my dad listens to this podcast, but apologies anyway. But he, um, it was quite funny because on the Saturday, the idea for me was to take the DSLR to the race um, and get loads of photos on the Saturday with the DSLR and then leave the this Sunday you know, for the racing. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is a like, long story <laughs> short, I wake up in the morning, my, my dad's saying, have you... Can you find? Have you got the car keys? When did you last see the car keys? And I was saying, obviously, well, I don't have them. They're nothing to do with me. And my dad's saying, well, I can't find them anywhere. They're not in there. And we were in and out the boot of his car all night, um, or the trunk. I think that's what you call them in America. Yeah, Is it trunk. Yeah, yeah, trunk. Um, and <laughs> he was like, oh no, I think I've left. <laughs> I've left the car keys in the boot, and it's locked. The, the car's <laughs> oh. locked. I mean, and you can imagine, like, you know, the DSLR cameras in there, the rest of the beers in there, which is obviously just just an for reference as well. I don't mean to put in the worst Josh... part of the whole story. <laughs> Josh lives like four hours away from Silverson, so this is yeah. not like oh, I'll nip home and get it. Do you know what I mean? Even though he yeah. hasn't got the car, he can't just be like oh, you know, ask a mate, and he'd be like oh, I'll nip round in five minutes. It's a four-hour trip down on a good yeah, day. It's not. It's not ideal. Um, and obviously, there is no way into the car, so and we need to use it to go back up on the on the Sunday evening. So my dad gets his girlfriend to drive all the way down with a spare key. Oh um, my! God. Which t- takes about which took about five or six hours because it's just bank holiday Saturday, right? Oh. Comes back, gets the key. Now they have a look. Now here we go. They have a look in the car. For the key, for the other, the other key, oh, then and it's nowhere to be seen. And then my dad checks his sleeping bag, and <laughs> finds the key in his sleeping bag. It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> if, honestly, oh my god! When Josh told me this story, I was like, if I was Josh's dad's girlfriend. I would literally just be like, a word would fail when... me. They would fail me. <laughs> It's, that's where she just turns her and looks at him and be like, when you get home, you'll sleep on the couch for a month. Do not talk to me. And get in the car and just drive home. Oh, it was... Oh, my imagine God. Doing, I, I just, imagine doing the an thing eight is he went hour round trip to find out that probably, you didn't probably need to like do 10 it. hours, actually. Yeah, like I mean, 10 if hours. I, if I called my wife and said, I'm in perspective, I'm in Pittsburgh, or I live in Pittsburgh, so to be like, I'm in New York City right now. Yeah. <laughs> Drive up here and bring me my keys. First of all, I'd get a giant F off, uh, figure it out. If she did drive up and I found them in my sleeping bag, I don't think I'd be allowed back in my house. You see, he went um, on the Saturday, <laughs> he went back early and left me there. So I, when I went back to to the campsite, I knew something was up because he was sat there with like the sheepish look look on his face. And I just <laughs> went to him. I just went to him. So, oh, great! You got where did you find the the other key? Then and he was just like, "In my sleeping bag." <laughs> just like mumbled it. Under his breath. <laughs> Honestly, I I didn't even oh, know what to and say. Just, that happened, like. and I just couldn't believe it. I was thinking, what? So the DSLR camera could have been used. Because the issue is with it, I don't know if you have this Bono as well. You've got some amazing shots on your camera, by the way. But the problem is, some, yeah. it, 
I we took it on the Sunday to actually utilize it. But when you when you're using a camera, you're not really you're kind of detached from the moment because you're too you're too focused on trying to get good pictures. That mm-hmm. and it almost I wouldn't say it stresses you out, but you think to yourself, "Oh, I need to get some good shots." Um, so you know, here come the bikes again. So I'm going to take some good shots, and you you kind of miss everything because you've got that yeah. tunnel vision. I and I, that's mean. why I kind of wanted to use the camera on the Saturday. So then yeah. for the Sunday, I could kind of take in the racing. But to be fair, it wasn't too bad because I think my dad, for some reason, I was the one who was meant to be using the DSLR, but my dad ended up using it most of the time. So no, it was a really good experience, though. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And um, I'm going is, to... Is the day... I've, there was talk that it's not going to be a bank holiday. No, next, next year, Silverstone is moving to, I don't know if this is the exact right date, but I think the 6th to the 8th rings a bell of August. Yeah. So, so it's like two weeks hopefully going to try and get there next next year. That'd be nice. But one thing I will have to point out as well, um, which we discussed about this before the podcast died, but the mm-hmm. match was oh. disappointing. All I wanted was a Suzuki key ring, really, min- at minimum, and I couldn't even find a Suzuki key ring. <laughs> But you know what's uh, annoying? Uh, like, all jokes aside, yeah. All jokes aside, <laughs> all, all Me- jokes aside. Previous to COVID, you could have got a Suzuki belt for all I know. Like you could have got Suzuki <laughs> anything. Like the the. I'm not saying that you know post COVID we should have everything like tada sort of thing. But yeah. without getting too political with Brexit and with COVID and whatnot, honestly, having been to anyone listening to this who has been to Silverstone previous to COVID, or maybe another Grand Prix previous to COVID, you will know the general setup of how many stands there are per rider, per team, per factory, per this and that. And honestly, walking around on the Friday on the circuit, I was kind of like jokingly thinking in like to myself, are they like winding us up to sort of like pop up more Rossi stands and more stands on the Sunday to be like, Right, get everything you can. And it was like, there's nothing here. There's, you know, a Rossi stand dotted mm. around with half the merch and half the actual stock of what merch they did have. And I, I don't know, like, there was just so little there. And not only yeah. that, like, I know um, a good friend of mine, uh, Steve Wyman, who does some of the artwork. He has his own pitch there at Silverstone. He's a fantastic artist. He um, He's actually said to me like the prices have gone up to actually have a pitch at silverstone so to say that silverstone themselves are saying yeah you know what we want more money years on bearing in mind we've just had a pandemic right and he expects people they expect people to come back to silverstone and fork out even more money when everyone's kind of not doing the same thing and there's not as much accessibility and the you know you're not getting as much like value for money it's like i the i I wasn't like annoyed to the point of it's ruined my weekend, but I was annoyed to the point of like, if I'd never been before, I'd be quite let down. But because I've been before, I was like, you know, if I go abroad or if I go elsewhere, whatever, in years to come, it might improve, but it is still quite poor in general. So, yeah. Yeah. But like I say, having said that, I had a lot of fun <laughs> um, taking. I don't even. I, I the, the number of photos I I took over that weekend is unhealthy. Um, but yeah, I did get a few. I'll, I'm gonna have to post some on the the Red Sector account or my 
account or whatever. I'll, I'll definitely post some. See if anybody rates me or absolutely just abuses me <laughs> for the poor quality. Um, or steals but, it. Yeah. Yeah. If they steal it, if MotoGPR <laughs> contacts steal it, I will be taking you to small small, well, small claims court. That's what I'll be doing. But um... Well, that won't be the only thing they've stolen from us. Yeah, I have. I have not. Okay, so quick backstory. Uh, press like conference YouTube, on Thursday. Like a, a Spotify rivalry, not Spotify Twitter rivalry going on here. <laughs> yeah. So press conference on Thursday. Yeah, you know, they do the rider interviews, everything like that, and then they do the social media, the MotoGP social thing. And I'm listening to it, and mind you, I have it plugged in on my toolbox. I'm at work during this, so I just got my earbuds in. And Steve Day brings up that they're going to do this guess the legend thing. <laughs> and I, as he's explaining the rules, I just like, like I'm, it, I'm hearing it, and I'm like, wait a minute, what are they doing? And I had to stop working and walk over to my toolbox so I could look at the screen and see what they were doing. And they brought up three clues to guess the MotoGP legend. <laughs> and the riders, the six riders on stage had to write it on a whiteboard and then show the answer. And I'm like, they fucking stole guess Stumbono. Like, what the hell is this? So you I immediately like is, I was sitting there watching it and I was just like, as as he carried on explaining it, I just chuckled more and more, thinking, Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. Oh, go on. Three clues. Uh yeah, it's gonna be the oh, same, God. isn't it? And like, then it's be the same. of course they pick what they picked Wayne Garnier, Eddie Lawson, oh, yeah. and McDuin to those I used. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I immediately like I got onto the our our Twitter account and I messaged him, I'm like, this is Stump Bunno. And even I think it was uh Armo commented on it. Yeah. And uh I did get a hold of Steve uh Steve Day. And I asked him, I'm like, so who comes up with these, you know, Moto, uh, the MotoGP social things? He goes, it's someone in Barcelona. I'm just giving them the cards and told what to read. Yeah, and Steve I'm like, Steve instantly and, dipped out. He was like, it's not me. It's not me yeah, Steve Davis was like, he's like, look, wasn't me. <laughs> but he, we give, uh, um, should we give Matt Donner a message. See if and I messaged Matt. He hasn't responded. So, you know, <laughs> starting to look a little sketchy here. But yeah, Steve basically just said, you know, it's somebody in Barcelona. They come up with these and then they give them to Steve to read. And yeah, I, and I told him, I'm like, Maybe. I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to figure out who watches this, who listens to the podcast and Maybe who we, heard um, our Stump Bono episode. Maybe we get a, uh, what they called, where you get like a, I, my brain's gone blank, where you get like a, you change the IP address, like the IP whatever maybe we get like an ip ban on the whole of spain so that they can't see uh, yeah. or listen to any of our content um is that like, yeah, um, like download f1 on twitter where it's like yeah um yeah it's not available, not available in, your in your country for pretty much everywhere <laughs> dawn are like yeah just, just play their podcast but just don't make it obvious what do you mean it's, it's not like... available in their country what, what do you mean what do you mean it's not available <laughs> in our country <laughs> it's like have they come up with any other ideas oh what, what was that in fact let's use that what what did they call it the guest the legend. legend oh imagine we do another stump bunner and we get a copyright infringement on oh, guest the legend. oh god, god. <laughs> then oh. then i will be going to small claims court yeah. i'll be like we, we will be getting a hold of doorna <laughs> listen oh. Donna, listen 
if we'll let you off the hook. If we become uh, the official fan yeah. podcast, then we'll let you off the hook. And then we're like, oh, we'll just we'll just show you yeah. our our episode that predates yeah, well, I will... Legend, and it's like being <laughs> deleted or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want ideas, just get a hold of me. I'll I'll work with you. We can come up with some of these ideas together. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I just thought that was funny. Um, but we uh, we're gonna get into the racing since we've got six races to talk about uh the yeah, first to, of we which we need to very quickly scan over these yeah, yeah. very quick the first well, of which uh the british gp moto three you got romano fanati followed That's by i mean you could probably just end it there to be honest yeah <laughs> oh yeah right, antonelli, so <laughs> antonelli was a like, 1.6 back Faggio was 2.1 now hold, real quick i gotta bring this up uh so i listened to a podcast called past gas and it's from the guys at Donut Media. Uh, it's a motor. It's like a car history podcast. And a couple episodes ago, they did an episode about the biggest cheaters in motorsports. And I was not aware of what Romano Fanati had done in the past. Oh, really? Oh, really? And he was a piece of shit. Well, I mean, yeah. you say that, like, I-, I totally understand where you're coming from. And we could have. <laughs> we, I'll, was... I'll be honest with you, man. Oh, yeah. If you. If we may have really to talk dig, about that next week. Deeper, you could do a podcast on Romano Fanati. Like mm-hmm. that is not a joke. You genuinely could because of his highs and his lows. But yeah, but I think we'll 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 cover that next week maybe because yeah, he has definitely had a turn in fortune this year. Like he's definitely pulled his mm-hmm. finger out. So yeah, but... yeah, he's like I think he's third in the championship. But yeah, yeah, whenever they started the episode, they were they like were rambling off these names. I heard his name. I'm like. Wait, that sounds familiar. What class is he in? And I'm like, oh wait, no, he just won the British GP. I'm like, what the hell did he do? And they waited until like the end of the episode to talk about it because they said it was like the most egregious. And like, as they're explaining it, I had to Google videos of it, and they're like, a lot of the videos are just like still shots and people like in broken English like talking over the still shots. I found like one or two that had like these blurry like probably like 360p videos but like what he did was fucked up yeah yeah uh, watch the full incident um played back i'm pretty sure bt sport on youtube if you actually okay. have bt sports youtube channel they they have a lot of in fact that's a good thing for you to actually go and watch because if you start watching uh bt's coverage of it on youtube like little bits and pieces on on there you will then understand like people that we're referencing to and me and Josh watch it on telly and the mm-hmm. bits that they ex- not exclusively show, but they actually do quite a bit like away from the racing, like with specific riders. So it mm-hmm. might be worth you checking that out for like me and Josh to be able to reference because we don't have access to Fox. Whereas right. if you want YouTube with BT, they do a lot on YouTube to kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, branch out a little bit. But anyway, Moto3 genuinely... I think it, Romano Fanati won that race with probably twenty percent left in his pocket. Like, yeah, the guy well, I mean, was yeah. like Antonella, yeah, come on then, come with me. And then Antonelli was like, "Quick lap," and Fanati was like, "All right, quicker lap." And Antonelli was like, mm, "Tires are going," and Fanati was like, "Yeah, cool, I- I'll just keep." Yeah, going. What, watching that race, just... it was, it was literally uh, Fanati at the front. In, well, it in, quickly became like the race of like three different groups because you have Fanati and yeah. uh, Antonelli at the front. And then you had this big cluster of like 
three bikes, because I think, yeah, or no, it was two bikes. It was Fadja and Guevara, and then it was like three bikes bunched together, and then another two bunched together, and then like down like in from 10th to about 18th was all grouped together, because that's where like uh, Acosta, McPhee, Salach, they were all like down below 10th place. Yeah. In fact, yeah. what, what me and my dad were watching, which is quite exciting, was the battle for last place between yes, um, yes. You, Cooney, I was watching Koffler. the same thing. We were, I was watching the same thing because Koffler was getting caught by Cooney like every lap, and we were like, "I reckon Cooney's going to catch him," you know. Like, and it was like the most pointless that was, battle. Yeah, and then he, he overtook him <laughs> going into um, Brooklyn's at the end of the street, and me and me and my dad were like, "Whoa!" Sort of like yeah. that was like, being like. Woo. Woo. The battle, the battle for last was the most exciting bit of that race, I think. Yeah, but um, he had a massive it, gap to actually get up to Coughlin. So yeah, fair it was. play to Cooney. Like um, that's the sort of thing again you wouldn't see it on TV. But Cooney had to put some times in to catch him. He was like and it, coming out of only... field, and he was already through Woodcut. I was like, if he catches him, he's done well, and he did. He actually beat him. I was like, fair. He beat him by three thousand or three hundredths of a second. Yeah. So. And but Josh yeah, so... back me up on this. He was a good, easily good five seconds behind him. Yeah. When it went yeah. to start, like very far. Cooney yeah, I was, like um, me and my dad were feeling sorry, sorry for him at the start. But yeah. <laughs> it... Oh, by the way, with the, the Motor 3 podium as well. Now, <laughs> yeah, statistician, when was the last all Italian Motor 3 podium? I, I can't. Oh, God. I mean, are we? is it quite recent or. Um... I wouldn't put it past it being in the last three years, but that could be wrong. I don't know. I would say hmm. the last all Italian podium, what, Moto 3 or in general? Yeah, Moto 3. Moto 3. It would have to include somebody like Fanati, Antonelli, and Migno or something, somebody like that. Do you know what I mean? Because there's not, there's not really been many like Italian breakthroughs in terms of like mm. obviously like Dalla Porta and Bagnaia and people like that, Bastianini but not like at the same time, you yeah. know what I mean, like Migno Antonelli, Fanati are all sort of like they've been in the Moto3 class together for a while so I don't know actually, I'm not entirely sure but that's probably a, yeah, Mark, Dr. Martin Reigns on though if you put, if you literally tweeted him on uh, yeah, like yeah just I, said. I don't know I think it'd be it's probably in the last few years, I think. Yeah, it won't be like nine. If it no. if it's not in the last five years, I'll be amazed. Yeah, especially like races like Mugello, where mm. you know you've got these these Italians. Just I don't know what they inject <sighs> when they go to Mugello, but they just turn into absolute demons. Yeah. They all manage to break <laughs> like a hundred meters later, and it's just <laughs> insane. But yeah, rider of the day. Come on, then. Who are we having? I know, Josh, you can't pick Fanati, so cancel that one out. <laughs> um, because it was so, so exciting, I'm just going to say Cooney. Come on, Cooney. For keeping that race exciting. <laughs> I rate that. Uh, I'm going to go Antonelli. So he was able to keep it with Fanati for a little while. He ended up dropping down to 1.6 seconds back. But he was able to keep up with Fanati for a while. And Fanati was just a man on a mission 
in that race. Yeah. Like he was like, I'm going to go out and I'm you're gonna have to beat me. And Antonelli, Antonelli was able to stay with him for a little while, so um I'll go with Isan Guevara because he's one that I've kind of ch- like chammed on a bit about for quite a while. And he was pretty good like all weekend. Mm. He wasn't like no one was close to Fanati, but he was kind of like best of the rest. And considering he's a rookie around Motor 3 around Silverstone, if you're quick, like that is not necessarily down to the rider, but the rider makes a massive difference because of how long it is. What is it, like 2 minutes 12 on a Motor 3 bike or something like that? That's a long lap for Motor 3. Mm-hmm. So you've got to imagine like, yeah, there's three, four straights or whatever. But, you know, through like Maggots, Beckett's and like the loop and all those sorts of corners, you've got to be, you know, there's a, if it was down to the bike, then Fanati wouldn't be a second in front. Clearly, he had something extra. Um, mm. But yeah, Guevara had a solid race. He only just missed out to Foggia on the podium. But actually mm-hmm. being there watching it, he gave Foggia a real run for his money the whole race and like broke away. And for a rookie in like, well, like you say, with like the groups, and whatnot to, to kind of break away with Foggia and almost catch Antonelli. I was pretty impressed, but I don't think it quite tops Yuki Kuni's major battle for last place. <laughs> that's it's a Kuni and Koffler, I think. It's riders of the day rather than riders. Yeah. <laughs> riders of the season, you mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so moving on to Moto 2, uh, we got Remy Gardner taking the lead or taking first place with Bezeki and Navarro finishing out the podium. Uh, this one. It was all about the front front two. You know, it was Gardner and Bezeki just trading first place. Like I, you know, while you guys were there, I was tweeting from the account and it was just like one of those things like you take the lead. No, you take the lead. No, you take it. No, you take it, please. And, you know, it was like, that's because you got. So what Dixon wasn't in this race because he was at up with MotoGP. Yeah, so yeah, um, Noradin. Noradin replaced him. Yeah. Um, Lowe's finished fourth. Roberts finished tenth. Uh, Bobier, you know, crashed out. But the big one, Raul Fernandez crashing out with like four to go. Mm. That was a big one. Yeah, I love how you just skimmed over Bobier crashing out. Bobier crashed out. And Fernandez crashed out. Bobier crashed out. But Fernandez, Fernandez was the big one. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about that because uh, that had major championship implications. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was was quite a shocker, really. I mean, I'm not going to, no, I'm not really spoiling it, so to speak, but to say that he crashes out with four laps to go at Silverstone, breaks his hand in the meantime, and then we all know, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm like, we'll get on to that in a little bit. Is that guy like, I don't know, maybe he's drinking something, I don't know. But yeah, I didn't really see the battle too much. But even besides how good of a battle it was between Remy and Bezeki, just I think I agree with his dad in saying that that is his best ride. Genuinely, like he's he's beat the, the pack by seconds before this season, Remy. But I don't know, mm-hmm. like watching it, that race, Remy just showed like it was almost like putting his elbows out to stamp down, like, I'll show you who's winning this championship. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he could have sat there and said, damage limitation, take second. But he was like, no, I don't care who it is. I'm taking this win. And I I don't know. He just looked 
dominant, but in the same way, like reserved to kind of sit with Bezeki and run at the pace. But then when when you know, kind of when it all came down to when it really mattered, he just showed who's boss. So really, really strong ride for him. I I, I was almost convinced to say after Silverstone that that's the title almost signed and sealed. But then Aragon came around, and I'm like, oh, maybe not. So I don't know, but it's definitely a two horse race. I think you put that on Twitter, Josh, after Silverstone. I'm not sure if he did or uh, possibly. I think yeah, Bizecki might have been the race before. Um, I'm not sure. Well, especially after Aragon. Yeah. I think yeah. You know, it's definitely a two horse race now. Yeah, for sure. Um but... unless unless you know, Gardner and Fernandez do a Hamilton Verstappen every race, you know. Mm. But um yeah, it was a Matt, it was a good race. I, of course, disappointing not to see Sam Lowe's make the podium, but good race though for um, Sam. To be he's fair, still had a good race. Good race. Yeah, the fourth is is really good. You know, if you consider his 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 form yeah. recently, you know, fourth place is more than more than a win for him. Really, um, yeah. you know, and nearly getting pole position as well. Yeah, yeah. My rider of the day is Navarro. Because that guy you on bastard. that sh- on that chassis, son of a bitch, on that chassis. Uh, to be fair, I usually yeah. go last. I usually get my rider of the day is taken. So, um, <laughs> well, if yeah, all three, I, I don't know. Come all three of us just go with Navarro, I think. Because no, it, it's just that chassis notoriously doesn't work that great, and he's. I don't really. Like, Navarro is one of them that I really hit my head against a wall with him because he's got so much talent. Having watched him even from like Moto Three and even CV before then, he was like not like the next big thing, but he was like in that category of he will make his way up and possibly get into GP. And he's teetered on the edge with getting into GP in years gone by. And then this last year, he's just gone into like just non. He's non-existent. I've not seen him even in points in most races, crashing out, crashing out, points at best, and then. Um, yeah, to say he just came out of the blue and whacked it on the podium, I was like, just unreal result, really. A solid ride. Absolutely solid ride. So that'd be my ride of the day. Sorry, boys, but you're going to have to uh, <laughs> pick somebody else. Josh, um, who are you going with? Joe Roberts. Uh, I might as well go with Sam Lowe's. Okay. Not going to pick Joe Roberts? <clears throat> no. Um... <laughs> No, I wouldn't pick Joe Roberts. <laughs> I'm no. not even picking Joe Roberts. I think, uh, yeah, Sam Lowe's. I think it's um, for his home race. I think fourth is quite a good, quite a good result considering his form. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Aaron Kinnett because he's the other Boscascuro. Manages to get in top ten, seventh place. Um, I mean, you just look like looking at the list here. The next Boscascuro is Aldegar in sixteenth. So fan club coming in right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for Navarro to get third and for Canet to get seventh, like they really worked that bike. I know what you mean with the Boscascuro thing, but you've got to realize, and I say this all the time: Aldegar, sixteen years old 16 what were you doing everyone listening at 16 (laughs) this guy has just won the european cev um champion so basically like the moto 2 but just for europe equivalent 
And he, I think he's won every race barring two. And the two he didn't win, he came second in. Or maybe one. And he's won it with like six races left. And he's just gone to Moto2 and been like, yeah, I'll, I'll carry on and just, you know, put the least competitive chassis pretty much. Actually, not the least competitive because it's not an NTS. But, the, the you know, it's nowhere near a Calyx. And when we get to Aragon, I'll already put in that he's my rider of the day for Moto2. He's 16. <laughs> it's mental. 16, he rides it like he's been riding it for years. But, yeah. Mm, he's one to GP. Walk. Let's move on to the big yeah, boys. Getting up to MotoGP, we have a podium of Fabio Quattararo, Alex Renz, and Alicia Spargaro. Uh, I mean, it, this I feel like this race, when, when Fabio wins the championship this season, you could look at Silverstone and be like, Right there is where he won it. Like I was there to witness it, <laughs> and he he looked at you. He looked you I know. in the eyes as he you took a to picture me. of it. You sent me that picture, oh. and I'm like, he knows who you yeah. are. <gasps> he listened to the show. I literally, I, as he was coming round, my mum was just like belting me on the back, like Fabio, Fabio, get Fabio, sort of like with the camera. And as he's like waving, as soon as I took it, I was like. I reckon he just looked me dead in the eyes, like basically where I was. And I looked back at it and I was just like, he I cannot wait soul. to blow it up onto the laptop. <laughs> and I'll post it on he Twitter when we put this episode out. Um, but yeah, he uh, clearly, he heard about Josh's dad's situation and thought, I'm not looking at that DSLR. <laughs> I'm going to look at that DSLR. So, um, <laughs> one is a Zuki, so I want to take a picture anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of Suzuki, speaking of Suzuki yeah, yeah. Rins, Josh, yeah. you're you're gonna have to start following Rins around. Well, like, you, I think you know, yeah, and I think I must have had an effect. You probably saw Josh me, is his I've good got, luck charm. I've got to performance here. I mean, he has a track record of performing at Silverstone. I think it's one you of still, his like, you still got to perform favorite tracks, but you still yeah. have. You know, yeah, he won in 2019. Um, but I must well, be having said that, when Josh turned that, up. And I saw on Twitter that Josh was like, you know, the first tweet or like, it might not have been when Josh necessarily tweeted it, but when I first saw, I opened Twitter and I saw Josh's tweet of like being at Silverstone, literally not even a minute later, I just heard on the tannoy, I think that's Rins that's gone down. And I was like, you yep. could not write it <laughs> straight away. <laughs> I was like, you <laughs> could not write this. But no, I'm, I mean, it's, it was, Cracking performance from him, really, and definitely what he needed after what he's been through. Um, he's you know he's absolutely shocking run of form this year. Um, <laughs> but if you know if I think we all know if there was ever a race where he was going to put it on the podium, it was probably this one. Um, yeah. So he's kind of you know true to form there, um, but still a great result for him and a great result for Suzuki. Um, but again, even better in third place. We I was about to say, can we, can we mutually, like, yeah. I don't like doing it, but can we mutually have him as rider of the day? Yeah, uh, absolutely. 100%. Because I was so happy for Fabio winning. But when I saw that Aprilia fighting Jack Miller down into Brooklands, and I was like, oh. I, I literally didn't take my eyes off it. I was literally with the camera taking photos, but also like just following a lace around it. 
And I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And as they go around Woodkirk, <laughs> they kind of can't see because like my family can't see because of all the people stood up. I kind of like reached over with the camera and they're like all looking at me like, please tell me you won. Please tell me you won. And I'm like, he's winning. He's winning. He's winning. Like, like won the battle, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but yeah, like uh, you've got to fit. You, if you're one, if you're somebody, unless you're a Ducati fan, if you feel no form of like happiness or anything towards him getting a podium, you need to like change sports. Like you just yeah. do. The when he has, when he leapt the fences, nail, a nail of a bike for the last four mm-hmm. years. Like that is not being harsh or whatever. Aprilia, when they came back, did not have the funding of KTM or nope. even the funding of Suzuki that don't have the funding of KTM because of Red Bull. They are the like least funded team completely and have gone through some awful awful bikes like shocking yep. bikes and that guy is stuck with them through thick and, not... and thin and puts it on the podium at one of the hardest races of the year like unreal yeah, and, and not to mention all the like the stuff with uh oh who who was the one who was caught doping you know yeah you know that's, that's it i always forget his been, name like they've had so such... much shit yeah, yeah. they've had a but lot when and... Uh, just don't uh, know. Like it was so good to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. Think, like, yeah, Aprilia themselves aren't. They're not angels, but, but oh no, they have put the hours in with a lace. Yeah, in yeah. There, like... it's well overdue. The podium. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and what makes it better is the fact that for me, anyway, I did not expect them to get a podium at Silverstone. You know, I, I kind of. I I'm not going to say I thought they would, but as the weekend progressed, I thought. He's got a chance of fighting for it, but it's also one of them that in previous weekends where like he's been quick. I mm. thought, yeah, he's got a chance of fighting for it, but so has X Y Z X Y Z X Y Z. Like going into Silverstone, I like on the Saturday night, I sat around like with all the guys and girls that I went with, and I sat there and I was like, okay, so Fabio can win, Marquez can win, uh, Paul can win because he's starting from Paul. Um, you've got Miller, Bagnaya, Martin, Zarco, Binder, Rins, Mir. Like, you had so many people that could have won. And the people that got filtered out through the race and whatnot, Marquez kind of helping towards that uh, <laughs> yeah. section. Um, but I don't like, just fair play. Because, like, I mean, he's had his fair share in being nerfed off and kind of you know, pulling the short straw sometimes. And it's just, I don't know, it's nice to see, especially considering their best result previous to that was sixth. Mm. So to put it on the box, it was just like, and when he like sprints down to his family, I was just like, oh my I God. Was, yeah, that's what I was going to uh, make a comment about earlier. When he jumped the fences and sprinted down to his twins, I was about in tears. That was the <laughs> greatest moment of that whole thing. You know, yeah, the excitement and all this. But for him to like... Be like, no, I have to go see my kids right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially so, as a dad, like, uh. Yeah. But, uh. So, yeah, mutual rider of the day. Oh, yeah. I 100%. But, um, yeah, look at, real quick, looking at, like, Paul Espargaro to pull, pull out. I'm going to, this is, uh, this is going to be a tongue twister. For Paul to pull Paul <laughs> out of the air was just something like, Whenever he was like, when they were doing qualifying and like he took pole, you're like, wait, you, I, like I almost looked at the like the timer, like, 
well, no, there's more time. Like, who else is on a fast run? Because this ain't happening. Mm. Well, Martin, one and a half seconds quick. Yeah. yeah. Literally everyone that was sitting around was <laughs> oh, going. Oh, God, I nah. forgot about that. Nah. And I was talking to people, and, like, there were people I was talking to on Discord server that were, like, legit pissed at Martin. Like, for, like, that he, you know, pulled up and was, like, laughing about it. It's like, okay, first of all, he pulled up and went like pulled up to one of the marshals like I shouldn't be here I I screwed up and cut a corner there's something wrong here and then he ended up in the like uh little celebration area because he's the best independent rider yeah so that was the only reason he was in there and then yeah he's laughing about it because everyone else is laughing about it like okay. oh I mean, yeah the, not allowed the to computer laugh, screwed like... up and yeah <laughs> Oh, the computer People... screwed up and co- thought you w- you went a second and a half faster. I don't get how long how it took so long to sort that out. Really, though, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like he was he was pulling into pit lane because he did that, and I think went around for like another lap. Yeah, because I... it was taking so long. People started to mm-hmm. question that it was actually a genuine laugh because yeah. it, it had not immediately been deleted. Like I know threat. when. When I was watching qualifying, uh, Steve Day and Matt Burt were like, because they like the the timing kept going, and they're like, "He's a second and a half up." They're like, "What is happening?" And yeah. like everyone, like they're both questioned, like, "What happened? We, you know, this can't be right. There has to be something wrong. Uh, the computer's not deleting it. The marshals aren't de- like the stewards aren't deleting it. What is what's happening here? There has to be something." And then they finally like saw the. Uh, the video feed where he cut the corner and they're both like, Oh, well there it is. He clearly cut the corner, but why haven't the stewards reset the computer? Like the times yet. And it was just like this. It, it, it felt like it went on for to the point that he was in like pulling into yeah. pit lane and being like, yo, look, I screwed up. I cut the corner. This shouldn't be happening. And you know, the marshal be like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, it was just such a weird qualifying to have pull, get pull, and then to have you know the whole Martin thing. Yeah, I think that was one of the loudest qualifyings of the season. Yeah, it was definitely unexpected. Um, a quick mention as well to um, to our boy Jake Dixon uh, and Cal Crutchlow got like a really good, really good kind of reception. Um, from the crowd, mm-hmm. it was good to see. Actually, uh, he was getting Jake's clapped progress. every time we went round. Yeah, Jake's progress through the weekend. Anybody that says otherwise, to amazing, you don't have a clue what you're on about. And that's not me being biased or anything like that. The guy in first practice was like three or four seconds off because he's trying to work out how the bike works. And the guy, on bear in mind, this is a two-year-old Yamaha which if anyone mm-hmm. watched Yamaha two years ago, as I did as an avid, you know, follower, dog shit bike. <laughs> and the guy a week after, two weeks after, gets to FB3 and he's 1.1 off of Fabio Quattararo. Yeah. Like on a, on the old yam. Put him on the new yam and give him as much time as Fabio's had on the bike. You're talking like six tenths off, five tenths off. Yeah, it it was good. It was, I mean, it was a win-win. It was a free 
Yeah. It was basically because he got a full racing as well. It was basically a free ride for him. Mm-hmm. Know, no expectation, no pressure. It was a free ride for him to get used to a MotoGP bike. That Patron, obviously, if he was to get the Patrona C, which I don't know if it's likely, but if he was, it'd be a different bike. So, you know, you can't compare apples to apples, but it it was just ideal, really, for him. And it was it was just good to see, you know. He started dropping back, um, maybe well, more so than people expected, but then a lot of tyre issues. So uh, Yeah, I was going to say, at the same time, affected. Patronus did have, and anybody that might be like, oh, Ross's result, like, Patronus legitimately had tyre grip issues. Like, that is, yeah, that's not me covering for Rossi and covering for Jake. You can look and ask for I think a, a, a Patronus debrief. It. Yeah, um, they, they openly said that there was an issue with the bike. But genuine pace, unreal. Like genuine, genuine pace was unreal from Jake. Like you, you've got to understand as well. Everyone else on that grid has had preseason testing, has had what are we are now like twelve, twelve races. So they've had twelve FP ones, twelve FP twos, twelve FP threes, twelve FP fours, twelve Q ones, Q twos, warm ups and race. So their data is through the roof. Everyone else has got better parts, more updated parts. He's been given an old bike with no data pretty much to like run off because he's got no data himself and been like, you can compare it to Rossi, you can compare it to Fabio, you can compare it to Cal, but they're on a different bike. So crack on, see how you get on. Oh, and also it's a home race, so don't let that get to you. Like the guy ended it up lapping at like, I mean, before he dropped back because of, I don't know if someone like nerfed him off or... He ran wide or whatever. In the first couple of laps, he was in front of Oliveira. I know Oliveira was injured or whatever, but still, Jake can only fight what's in front of him. He was in front of Rossi and Oliveira, like, lapping at the same time. So, yeah. Uh, If you're about to drop any bombs on uh, us, Matt, for us Brits not doing too well at Silverstone, then... No, the only thing I will say about... start breaking down the 2021 season of Joe Roberts. (laughs) We don't want to go there. Yeah, we don't don't need to do that. We don't need to... uh, I just will say one thing I thought was funny about Dixon. uh, It's not even about him in the race so much. Uh, On Twitter, there's a guy who does um, these little, like, 18-bit, like, race visualizations. Um. He does moto visualized, F1 visualized, and I think FE visualized. Oh, it's on the race, yeah. Yeah, and he basically, like, it, it's this gray, like, chart, and then he has the bikes or the cars, and then you can watch how, like, they move around throughout the race. And it was funny because oh, yeah. as you're watching this go, there's just dicks, like, there's the pack here. And then there's, like, just Dixon moving slowly and slowly and slowly further back. Yeah. Like yeah. to the point he, they had he, to stretch he, out the get like the screen that they used to show yeah, how far yeah. back he it was, was. It was evident you could see it at the race every lap. It yeah. just took a long <laughs> time I, before Dixon came around. But when I saw scared. how far back he was, do you did have you guys seen Jumanji? Yeah, I haven't. No, no. Okay, well, Josh, you'll get this. You know when the stampede goes by, and then there's oh, that yeah. little rhino following by. I thought of Dixon when I saw how far back he was. I'm like, oh, I could just imagine like Josh and Bono watching the car bikes go by, and then a couple seconds later, here comes Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was good for no, photos because I got him on his own so many times. I've got like seven oh, yeah. photos of Dixon like, on his own. It looks sick, but yeah, yeah. Uh, rider of the day, 
Josh, you haven't gone first yet, so. Um, yeah, it's got to be Rins. Alex on it. Expire. Well, honorable. Oh wait, we all said Alex, yeah. We all yeah, said we were but... going for a leash for a mutual. But a leash, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if it wasn't a leash, to. who would you pick? You got to go with a leash, aren't you? Uh, if it wasn't a leash, probably Rins. If it wasn't a leash, yeah, yeah I'd say Rins. Yeah. Another honourable mention, and it's funny how it's funny how this works, and we'll come on to it again. But Laquona in seventh, yes, oh yeah, Josh is on the Laquona I mean, hype train. Let's go. I mean, it's like again another F one reference, but I feel it is com- it is comparable. Giovinazzi looks like he's going to lose his seat. Mm-hmm. He pulls out two blinder qualifying performances. And you just think to yourself, like, what is going on? But what is with these people who lose the seat or are about to lose the seat and suddenly the pull performances out of nowhere? It's just crazy. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to find a story. It's from Everything Motor Racing that I rely on so much for, like, content <laughs> and stuff like that. They put on... Um, actually, it's not from them. It's Martin Reigns, who I mentioned earlier. He put something up on Twitter and it says, basically, the youngest riders to ever finish in the top six in the MotoGP era. So basically like 2002 to like now. And as you go through the list, it's like Marquez, Quattararo, Vinales, Pedroza, Lorenzo, Melandri, Hopkins, Miller, Laquona, Mir and Rins. Laquona is on the least competitive bike out of all of them had in in that list. Mm -hmm. And he's about to lose his seat. Yeah. Well, he's not and about go to. to... He's, he's going to lose his seat, like, and well, maybe go to World Superbikes on a nail oh, of a bike. On a factory Honda. That Honda in World Superbikes, I'm not being funny. You could put a plank of wood with a wheel on each <laughs> end. It'd probably be as competitive. <laughs> the bike is shocking. And it's great because it's Honda. So I don't care. I don't mind that they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a BMW is... guy for World Superbikes, so I don't care. Well, it's top rack, from... big up top rack. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah heart, going well so. from... But it is disappointing because Laquona, part of me it's thinks why and Patrona's taking them on. But again, yeah. they've got a lot of things in other pies. So, um... I just, I'm like, can we just somehow figure a way of Tech 3 running three bikes because they've got a three mm. in the name? So, technically, it should be allowed. Yeah. And just put Laquona on it. Like, yeah. Why not? Why not, Dorna? Please. <laughs> Yeah, it is a massive loss, I think, anyway. And I, you guys know, even in the earlier part of the season, when he wasn't quite knocking on the door of top six, I was kind of being like, like guys, the come on, the guy is actually doing well. He's getting better and better mm-hmm. and better. He, he will get a result. And the last two races, he's got results. And people are like, Laquona, Laquona. And I'm like... I've been here for welcome a long, long time. It's like that meme that's like first time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I think he's just... like like he... the Bane meme where it's like you simply adopted like Wona. I've been rooting for him since he started. Yeah. Unfortunately he's just he's just one of them riders and it happens in a lot of sports where especially motorsports where you you know you can be a youngster who's just putting a poor a poor bike or car or whatever and you never really get the opportunity to show your kind of true talent. And yeah, then next thing you know, you've maybe been Maybe a bit too much too soon as well, considering when yeah. he came into GP with 19. Yeah, which exactly. Which is young, especially on a Tech 3 bike, which Tech yeah. 3 before the year before last was, yeah, you could say, oh, Oliveira won on it. But Oliveira's experience, mm. he's got so many more years on these bikes, this paddock, everything else. 
And Lacona at the age that Oliveira wasn't even in GP is now getting in the top six, which Oliveira couldn't really do on those same circumstances. Maybe he could, but Lacona is now showing at 21, he can put it in the top six on a tech three, which, as we know, this year has probably been on par with the least competitive bike on the grid. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's um, it's definitely a shame. I mean, who knows? We, he could go and do quite well in World Superbikes. And I know it's, you know, it's not, it's not common, but he could make the leap back into MotoGP. The only way I see Lacona getting back to GP and being competitive in World Superbikes is A, get off that Honda, and B, get off that Honda, and then he might have a chance. (laughs) So possibly. um, That Honda will not be competitive, and if it will be competitive, to challenge for anything for someone to go, wow, you know, he might might, should come back to GP. You're looking at four or five years for that Honda to turn around. All jokes aside, nowhere near Kawasaki. Nowhere near Yamaha, no. nowhere near Ducati, and BMW are miles in front of them now. Like, and you've got like the um, the B. Oh, my mind's gone blank. Is it the Barney Racing team that's like the B team to? No, that's not. That's not. That's the like the other Ducati team in World Superbikes. But the the team that Ronaldo used to race for, and now Chas Davis fights uh, races oh, okay. for. That team are more competitive than Honda. They've got so much. Yeah, like they're miles away in World Superbikes. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even touch them with a 10-foot barge pole to even ride for. So it's sad because Lacrona is now an uncompetitive bike doing well. Because I, I, just don't I, know I don't know if it was it. I don't know if it was up to um Lacrona, but he he didn't want teams to want to go back to Moto 2, did he? No. no. I don't, I, I don't a, know why. I, I don't, don't know if that know. was just a bad decision because I think if he could go in, back into Moto 2, he's got nothing to lose. If he could go in smash it and become a Moto2 champion, he probably would end up back in MotoGP. I just think it's the fear of a step backwards and maybe not kind of getting the step forward again and getting drowned out. I think it's his management maybe looking at him like World Superbikes is kind of a a step to the side when it's it's not. like if If he was going to the side and he was going with Yamaha, Kawasaki, I'd be like, Fair enough, because he's going on a competitive package that he can fight for to say, I'm good enough for this class. But mm-hmm. he is not going to do anything. And I, you can put this in writing. You can make it a plaque. He is not going to do anything on that Honda, at least next year, for someone to go get him back in GP. Even mm. if he gets a podium or a top five, you are not putting yourself in the window to say, get him back in GP. The only way you get back in GP from World Superbikes is winning the title or fighting for it. Other than that, you have not got a chance unless you're really, really young and doing wonders on a bike, which unless it goes on a Honda and he wins races on that Honda, I will show my arse to the public because that bike <laughs> is not good enough. It's not good enough at all. So if Lacrona does it, fair play. But he needs to do wonders in World Superbikes for him to get back in. And I just think if he goes to Moto2... And like Josh says, maybe even if he doesn't win the title, but he fights for it, it's like, look, the kid's clearly better than Moto2. He's, he's good enough to get back in GP. And top six in GP, they don't get handed out. The guy, look at look at Aspargro for Aprilia. We're saying, oh, look how well he's done getting on the podium and whatnot. Before Silverstone, it was like, he's got on the top, he's got in the top six on, a, on an Aprilia. Yeah. 
this kid is 10 years younger than Alicia Spargo and on a tech three and put it in the top six. But nobody's like, oh my God, he needs... Imagine if you turn around before Silverstone said, Alicia Spargo shouldn't get a seat in GP. People would be like, what? That mm. makes no sense. He's got mm. in the top six. But because Lacrona's has done it and it's like, oh, but now Spargo's got a podium. It's like, yeah, but he's been given... Spargo's never won a race in his life in GP career. And yet he keeps getting these opportunities because he's such a hard worker and he get you know, he chimes away, fair play. I'm not taking anything away from Aleish. But Lacuna's twenty one. He's twenty one. He's not even he's not even like, you know, got his foot in the door properly at GP. And people are like, Yeah, go to Honda at World Superbike, she'll be back. I can't see it. Personally, I can't see it. Unless Honda mm. produce the world's greatest comeback, which I really hope they don't in World Superbikes. <laughs> yeah. So, on to uh, Aragon. <laughs> yeah, now, as we move on to Aragon, uh, Moto3, uh, we have a podium of Dennis Foggia, Dennis Anchu, and a y- Yumi Suzuki. God, why couldn't I get that out? Um, <laughs> Yumi Suzuki, yeah? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, you look down through the uh, list here. and I can't uh, believe, Matt, you've just skimmed over that. I can't. Believe, I thought you were going to scream when you said Dennis Anju because I wanted to. I wanted uh, to. I, scream. He. They were coming down the back straightaway on the last lap, and I'm like, like Fajia starts making the move, and I'm like, Fajia, just leave him alone, please. Yeah. Just like, leave the kid alone. Uh, and then, the like, thing is, as he... soon as I saw it was a Leopard, I was like, it, this, this, oh, is, this is not going to end well. <laughs> so any, well, any other bike. Everyone yeah. knows that Leopard out of the corners has just got something different built in. And as soon as I saw it was Leopard, I was like, Dennis, don't bother weaving. Just just <laughs> take it. He's going to... Well, and not away. only did he try weaving, but he also, like, whenever... Once uh, Fagia got past, you could see him, like, break early to try to, like, anticipate Fagia, like, running long and he just never did and you just saw aren't you move further and further back you're like you're never going to be able to make that move now out of the last corner and he tried he, he finished point zero four one seconds back like no, and he, he it was say though he did say he was like i smell it coming i smell the wind coming and i was mm-hmm. like i do too dennis i've been believing for a long time it will come oh, and when it so does close. oh god it's so it close was... we get so far just... yeah, he, yeah he led for so long as well like, he did i was watching him and i was like he doesn't look like he's got more pace than everybody but having led i feel like it was gonna i felt like it was gonna be sorry one of those races where the second anyone passes him a bit like a renath last year where he'd lead races the second anyone tries to get in front no elbows out no elbows out and he did and then the mm-hmm. last corner comes around, and I'm like, "No, can we add another lap, please? Add another lap, mm-hmm. please." No, yep. <laughs> and I was just oh, happy because it's another podium for him. And this is not like the Dennis Onchu podcast, but again, he's another one that I've like kind of sung his praises for so long. Mm-hmm. And I just want him to get that win because I feel like, and I was saying this to Armo on Twitter, like he's one of those riders where you feel like as soon as he gets one his confidence will go through the roof and he'll not oh, necessarily yeah. like win a load, but he might, he might not, but he'll be then up there every weekend. Like he'll, yeah, he'll have that monk well, at his back. You know, as we, as we'll, we'll discuss with MotoGP, sometimes after a one win, you know, you break the seal off the floodgates open. So, you know, yeah. we'll, 
we'll see about that. But as well with Moto Three, we had we had a once in a blue moon event. Pedro Costa, Costa going down. Yeah. That's what I was gonna get into. Yeah, because for the first time in the season, Pedro Costa, you know, screws makes a mistake, goes down, and at that point, like the commentators are going crazy. Oh, you know, he's down. You know, he's finally made a mistake. This, you know, this puts uh, Sergio Garcia in the perfect opportunity to make up some points. And then, like, five laps later, you see uh-huh. Sergio Garcia again. And I was, as I was watching this, I, I'm just watching, like, ah, Garcia, yeah, he's getting points. He, he's not going to win, but he's going to take away so many points. And then when he went down, I about jumped off my couch. <laughs> the funniest thing and, about all of that oh is, my... though, Matt, is the fact that when he went down, it pans straight to um, Acosta in the garage. <laughs> and he's like, and... he's furious. He's giving so much feedback, like, you know, I didn't mean to do that or whatever. And he just looks up and like double takes at the screen and he's like, life is good now. It's yeah. all okay. Like, you yeah, just you see can almost, like... <laughs> like, he's sitting in his chair in the uh, paddock and Akiyo sitting right there with him. You can see them like talking about like what he did. And then like, you saw. Garcia go down and it panned to him. He's like, okay, okay, cool, cool. We're good. We're all right. <laughs> yeah. You can see him it's just like... get this big grin like, we're good. Okay. We didn't yeah, screw up that bad. Normal services resumed in a way. Yeah, because... it's like panic, panic, panic. And then he went down and it was just like, oh, fair. Yeah, that, oh, I don't oh, mind, okay. actually. This is pretty cool. Early bath. So, yeah, sad. Yeah. It's just. The, the thing the is, though, as soon as Acosta went down, yeah, as soon as Acosta went down, I sat there and I thought, do I tweet and put what are the odds of Garcia following Sue? And I was like, nah, that'd be too harsh. Because if he actually does, I look like the bad guy. And as soon yeah. as I like, started yeah. to tweet, I thought, yeah, go on, four or five no, laps yeah. to go. Yeah, we'll, we'll try it. And then, as soon as I literally put, what are the odds? And I literally just went, yeah, cancel. I don't fancy the beef. <laughs> I know. I don't Please, want I, the beef. I believe that's a championship done now. Obviously, yeah. mathematically, it's still open, but yeah, the, yeah, you yeah. know, he doesn't. Acosta never makes a mistake, and the moment he does, Garcia. Yeah, you've got to take it with both hands, off. haven't you? You've <laughs> just got, you know, that's it. I, I think this. So... Even, if, even if he'd managed, even if Garcia had won this race, there still would have <laughs> been what twenty-four points or something difference. Yeah, and About the thing is, like, I'm very, I'm very split opinion with how people were responding to it because. There was a lot of people on Twitter saying, why did his team not say, you know, that Acosta's already crashed out? And I'm like, yes, I understand that point. But at the same time, you're talking about a class where if you tell a rider, chill out, just ease and just bring the bike home, he's getting he may lose 10 spots. He's getting absolutely bullied. Mm. And you put that pressure on a kid and say, you know, you the championship leader that, you're, that you are chasing down has crashed out. Just bring home a good result. The pressure is even more so there to then be like, oh, I, I can't mess this up. I have to get as many points as I possibly can. And then he goes, I'll break a little bit later to just maybe, oh, oh. And it's like that gambling thing of like, just a bit more and just a little bit more. And then he gets like mm-hmm. chasing down those front two and he could have just sat there in third in hindsight. But the guy didn't know. For all he knows, the you know his team might have not have told him and he could think Acosta's right behind me. I can't let Acosta outbreak me and shunt me out because we all know that Acosta would have shunted him out like he did at Silverstone so many times at like Luffield where yeah, there would be a slight if... gap and Acosta would be like shunt him out and people say it's rough it's not fair but 
we've seen these champions in the past of like Marquez, Lorenzo, and when it comes down to it, they're not aggressive in a way of, you know, unfair. It's just they're right on the edge where it's like that's when, when you know, the, the going gets tough, they shine. And Acosta is very much like that. So I get both sides to it, but, you know, Garcia crashing out, I thought it's all well and good because for Acosta, it's now a case of, okay, just don't crash out again and bring it, bring it home. You might win a championship, but imagine if he'd have won it and maybe like Fanati got a good result because Fanati was nowhere this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was a very weird race in general, not weird in the way of like, you know, the results are upside down, but nobody expects Costa to crash out. So when he does, it opens everything up. And then you see the next oh, yeah. guy along crash out and you're like, okay, so as well, Fanati yeah, and Foggy just... got a good result and Foggy did, Fanati didn't. So it's like, is that now a mm-hmm. two and a half horse race or a one and a half horse race? I think well, it's, you know. it, it, This is a race we're waiting for, really. You know, we've, mm-hmm. we've been waiting for Acosta to make a mistake. And just as he has, his champ- championship rival makes a mistake as well. So it, it ended yeah. up amounting to nothing, really. Um, yeah, looking that. at the uh, standings, Acosta leads with 201. Garcia is in second with 155. And then Foggia is in third with 143. So, I mean, is it possible? Gar- like, Acosta would have to crash out of, like, at least two more races this season. Yeah. You know, and we've... I mean, we've got five left. So and you say this, but you know, especially at lower ranks, as in like Moto Three and CV Championships and stuff like that, you see kids that throughout the year rapid quick. And I'm not saying this will happen to Acosta because I think he's one of a generation. But in years gone by, there has been champions nearly like Danny Kent. Nearly made this is what Danny Kent nearly was in a way of pace wise off the charts, him and Miguel Oliveira streets ahead of everybody else, but it didn't get, it didn't really like land right for Miguel that year. And neither did it for Inea Bastianini, but Danny Kent just kind of plucked away, like, you know, just result, 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 result. It got to the last five races and it was like, Danny, bring it home in two races time. And, you know, maybe even win one of them. And you've pretty much got the championship wrapped up and the pressure just goes through the roof. And he crashed out with Aragon. On the last corner, he high-sided. He crashed out at Phillip Island. He had an awful result, I believe, at uh, Malaysia. And then it went all the way down to Valencia, and he won the championship by, like, two points and came home in, like, 14th, and Miguel won the race. So if Danny Kent had not got 14th, 15th, or whatever, and even that being an awful result, he would have lost the championship. So <laughs> it just, you know, the, you've got to remember, these kids are 16, 17, 18, Acosta's 17 years old. And I've got yeah. so much belief in him to not have that problem. But you wouldn't put it past a 17-year-old kid to say, this is getting too tough for me sort of thing. And maybe we see him crash out completely on his own. And then the championship is all over, like all open again. Because you could see Garcia, Fanati, and Foggia all get on the podium. And they've all shot up. And that gap is then back down. to What is the gap to Garcia between Acosta and Garcia? Uh, it's... 201 to 155. 46. Yeah, so that, I mean, it, it sounds like a big gap, but Acosta crashes out and Garcia wins the next race. Let's just say the gap's down to 21 points, which is within a race. 
then mm. on the last race of the season, let's say Acosta gets taken out. And this is not me sounding like, yeah, but you're saying this, but Acosta never makes mistakes. Moto3, you can get taken out at any session, at any point, yeah. at any race, whatever. Join last race, three. yeah. You can get taken out on the last lap of the race at Valencia and Garcia comes home and wins it again. He's won the championship. And that is in the space of two races and people saying after Aragon, championship's over. Because now you also get this risk of everyone in that category who's 16, 17 saying, your job's on the line. If you want to have a career in this paddock, you need to start mm-hmm. looking out some results. Who might not be fighting for championships, but are fighting for their job or fighting for next year to get a contract and are taking that extra yard and that extra lunge. And it, we, we know that not every rider from that gets all those lunges right and all those overtakes right and all those extra risks right. And somebody mm-hmm. has to pay for it. And the, the reason you pay for it is you're at the sharp end that everyone's fighting for that top position when it comes to those last five races. So I don't think Acosta will mess this up. Whether somebody else messes it up for him, I don't know. But mm-hmm. if it was down to, if you're asking me, do I think Acosta will crumble? No. Do I think this championship is sealed? No. I think there is every chance of somebody else opening a door and maybe roles reversed, somebody lunging on Acosta like he did to Artigas and taking him out. And who's to say Acosta could crash out, break his leg? Mm. You know, injury is still a thing. You could get injured. And then he's not even got a chance of finishing on the top step of the championship as long as Garcia brings the bike home in the points every race. So you never know. I don't know. I'm, I've, I've rambled on a little bit, but you get my point. Like mm, people are right. kind of stealing it off, but you never, you never know. But um, rider of the day, Dennis, aren't you? Thank you, Matt. <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> oh, he's my Josh. child. Yeah. this is my child. He's your, it? he's your baby. Uh, Josh, who are you going with? Because I, I have uh, to pick somebody else. Sasaki. Damn it! Tech three gang. <laughs> Well, it's I'm the one. Finish that. So I'll do for me. Bastard. Um. Ooh. See, there's a couple of names I'm looking at here. Stefano Nepper. Hmm? Stefano <laughs> Nepper. He's only got been you... on the bike for about three races, and he got PA. <laughs> I think I was, there's this. There's this voice in the back of my head saying to go with Stefano Nepa. I can't figure out why. I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot that have crashed out. You can pick from. No, just just wait until we get to Moto Two. You want to talk about crashing out? Because uh, if we move up to Moto Two, uh, Raul Fernandez wins with a one hand tied behind his back, uh, followed by Remy Gardner and Augusto Fernandez. But if you look. If you look at the not classified list, there is almost as many riders as there are that finished. You have, yeah. I'm not even gonna try to say this guy's name. All I know yeah. is he was the uh, number seventy four P- Piotr. Piotr Biska Biskiewski. You mean? B- yeah, sure, that guy. Uh, he's apparently a um, wild card for them. Um, you got Luti, V, uh, job. Oh, why am I screwing up his name? It's, it's so hard when I, 
that it's so hard when i see an x but it's like a j sound i'll run through them hector garzo albert arenas lorenzo della porta marco bezecchi bo ben schneider sam lowes nicolo buliga and somkiat chancher there you go like the um, like just that like you look at some of those like lowes <laughs> ben schneider bezecchi della porta like those are high high people in this you know vierge to be you know God. Quickly, quickly, on the Vierge thing, I do not understand for the life of me why he would have not have taken that chance to go to GP to wildcard at, at Aragon. Do, like, am I on a different planet and thinking there's sense behind that? He's not fighting for the championship. He's not really fighting for his job. Like, he'll get a ride in Moto2. And even if he takes a, a race out of Moto2, it doesn't put him in any... Like, no one's going to go... Oh well, Aragon, you didn't really race there, so I don't know if we'll give you a contract next year in Moto Two, and it's a chance yeah, to race I'm a Moto GP bike alongside the greatest motorcycle rider of all time. At your I think he maybe just couldn't be bothered with learning to to ride this MotoGP. Josh, I come to you and I say, look, you're not going to get it next year, but do you fancy, and it, it might sound quite a bad offer, but do you fancy racing alongside Valentina Rossi on a MotoGP, a MotoGP bike, I wouldn't propose it to you like that, a MotoGP bike around your home race. Do you fancy it? And you turn around to me and go, but I'm not on it next year, so no, I'll pass. Yeah. What? It's a bit, it's a bit mad. He, maybe he, maybe he genuinely thought he had, maybe he genuinely thought he had a chance of winning this race. I don't know. I mean, he must be on um, planet Mars to think that. Like, I'm sorry, Javi, <laughs> but like, come on. We're in the we're in the championship I'm, where I'm, if the Iowa boys don't win it, Mark VDS win it. If they don't oh. win it, I don't look at Patronus to win it. I mean, and you're going to look back in years to come with your grandkids and say, oh, that race. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, believe it or not, you're not going to believe me, but I did actually have the chance to race against Rossi, the one guy that they might know. But I turned it down because, you know, I didn't really have the chance of getting on it the yeah. following year. I mean, I'm, I'm literally... Oh, okay, Grandpa. Yeah, Grandpa's yeah, we get it. You've said it. You've said it a million times. We believe you. Like, No, no, I swear to God, it, it was true. Yeah, like, I could have been somebody. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just... I just don't understand for the life of me. But to be quick, because we need to run through. But Ralph Fernandez wiped the floor. Rider of the day, anybody else. Like, I'm not picking Raul, but I'm just saying... You know, Josh, you pick first because you didn't get the chance to pick for GP. So you pick first for this. Um, trying to pick one that hasn't crashed. Um, Joe Roberts <laughs> didn't crash. Ah, oh, God. Um, all right. Well, well, you know, no, I know you're going to pick, but no. So I'll leave that one for you. Um, it was the correct choice you made today, Josh. Yeah. Probably. Probably Navarro, I think. Um, Shout. 
I think so. Again, being the being the top uh, boss, 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 <laughs> I B21. saw your face trying to attempt that, and I was like, he's gonna struggle. <laughs> B twenty one. I'm just calling it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Navarro slash Canet. I think they both did quite a stellar job. It's turning mm. out that this B twenty one probably. On, you know, from that result, it looks like an half decent bike, but only because half the field crashed out, I can imagine. So, but first to finish, first, first you have to finish. First you must finish. finish. Yeah, we know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fermin Aldegura, we know. Rider of the day, sixteen-year-old kid puts it on P seven <laughs> at home. Yep. I say no more. Official fan club starting soon. Matt, who are you picking? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, human notepad that is Aaron Kennett. Human notepad. <laughs> human notepad. <laughs> with all his of his tats. are so sick, but at the same not... time, I'm like, no. It, like, I, I, looking at him, like, oh, no, I could never, like, I have a few. I could never have what he has. And then the fact that he has it worked into his number two. If you look yeah. at his 44, it's got, like, the same tattoo pattern in his number Oh, and uh, did you see the video that was released on social media of him sitting in the chair? I'm not sure what track it is, but it, it was all over, like Reddit and Twitter and stuff. But basically, it's him with his eyes closed, and he's like going like this, like he's got his hands together, and he's like, you can see him just leaning and watch his foot move. And as he's like riding along the course, he's like oh, yeah. visualizing they, it. They do, and I'm like, yeah. that is so cool. Yeah, a lot of yeah. them. Like, do, I, to be fair, you know, if they if they had like garage cams that you could like just go and watch, you'd be surprised mm-hmm. that a lot of, like the amount of people that don't do that, like quite a lot of them actually do that before going out. Yeah, I know. I saw a video. It. I don't know why, but that's a very big thing. He... With Japanese riders they tend to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Thought you'd be repping. Um... An American rider there, Matt. I mean, I, I mean, real quick, we'll get into uh, Robert 13th, Bobier 14th. Uh, Lowe's would have been second, but he went down. Uh, and mm. John McPhee is in the Patronus for Jake Dixon. So the American boys beat the British. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm taking this victory while I got it. Uh-huh. Wait, how many Americans uh, raced in GP then that weekend? Oh. This weekend? Oh, uh, yeah. None. <laughs> good enough. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't shoot wow. me. Wow. Don't, don't come at me. Don't come at me, please. <laughs> All American listeners now are like, unsubscribe. Yeah. yeah. Lost half our viewership. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so moving on to mo- the big race, MotoGP. Oh, what a race. Peko Benya finally gets his first oh, win, followed by yeah. Mark Marquez and Juan Mir. And it this was chef's kiss. Just beautiful. Peko was like a... Dovey on roids. Oh, like, yeah. The, the, the Banya fan club at the moment. Every, yeah, one. every time Mark went for it, everyone went, Seven everyone was like, oh my times. God, Mark, Mark. And then <laughs> looked at Peko and was like, just, oh, he's got it covered. The switcheroo. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like did the old, did the yeah. old, and, it, where they, they go from the outside to the inside. Basically. Yeah, they're like, come on, come on, go on, take the bait. And then Mark was like, yes. And then Pekka was like, yeah, cool. And just went straight back. <laughs> and then you had so Ducati good. power to just. 
And it was so funny because, like, like I said, this happened. Mark tried this move seven times, and he would just run wide, and Pekka would like tuck it in and get back around. And like by like times five, six, seven, Matt Dunn and Steve, or yeah, Matt Burton, Steve Day are just like, and he goes, Mark goes again, and Pekka's back around. Yeah, like the first couple times they were like, oh, here he goes, Mark's going for it. And then Pekko gets it. And it's like, by the seventh time, I'm like, and here's attempt number seven. And he doesn't make it listing either. <laughs> to be fair, though, that last that last one he did for a brief oh, moment. Oh, he ran so actually, wide. I, well, yeah, he did. But for a brief moment, mm-hmm. I thought he'd actually made it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. That's a hard I, corner I get it stopped. It. But mm-hmm. everyone was like, why would you Why would you try and overtake Pekko there? I saw, pe- saw a lot of people saying, why would you try there when it's the hardest corner to get it stopped? And you could have just like gone... You could have waited. I'm like, okay, weigh it up logistically to an eight times. You're, you're questioning an eight time world champion, yeah. right? Um, and you go, okay, the last corner that you can actually really overtake on without putting yourself in a yeah. poor position that doesn't back onto a huge straight, which you're facing yep. which bike again? And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the quickest bike on the grid in a straight on, line. Yeah. And on top that of makes that. sense. And on top of that, the next two corners were right-hand corners, which of course yeah. we yep. know Matt is Matt Marquez's weak corners. Which and means if he, he goes for the the, the, the next left, bomb into the, yeah, 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 the left the as they come left, up to the front. Pecco's just going to go sit up and back underneath. So he had to put like a block pass on him down into like the bus stop. But again, mm-hmm. like fair play to Mark. You can't say he did try. <laughs> like he did try. Oh like, no, a hell of a lot. But you know, absolutely. I don't think we really need to. And I'm not like disrespecting the rest of the riders, but that battle was so good that I think anyone that is listening to this now knows what happened in that race. And we've kind of just glorified it even more so. Yeah. Um, What crazy as well is I really thought when that battle first started on like the third to last lap, I was thinking as well, it it could be a repeat of Austria in a way where Mia was going to kind of, you know, reel them in as they were battling mm. with each other. Yeah. He was going to get involved. But obviously, he just them two. He got kept close it. at the end there. He, he did start reeling them in, but them two, even though they were battling, they kept it. They were still carrying that momentum forward, and and they Mir had so just, much more pace though, didn't they? At the start, yeah. they kind of put a bit yeah. of gap on where if Mir was to, uh, you know what? It's funny you should say this, Josh, because when I was watching it, I was like, "You put Rins in that position, he'd have crashed out. He'd have put he'd a bit off more than he could have chewed, and gone try and catch them." <laughs> And Mir just went on from yeah, five seconds yeah. back. <laughs> Rins would have just like there's a bit of like a a runoff bit, you know, like you said, there's yeah. two right-handers where Mark couldn't really yeah. take. There's runoff there. He'd have just gone straight onto that. It would have straight through. Yeah, but like when I was watching, I was thinking if that was Rins, it would have crashed out. And people are like, Mir's not even won a race, and he's that far up. This is why Mir doesn't win races. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, he moans and he's this and he's that. Mir is, I'm sorry, he's just different caliber. Like the guy, and people are like, you, you, you know, you complimented the guy that finished third. The guy has not won a race since last year, and he's break like basically the only guy that's really, along with Pecco now in the title fight, because he's consistent yeah. and he's smart with it. Like he's third he's... in Aragon, but again, best, better, better of the rest. Knew he couldn't catch Pecco and Mark, and said, if they come to me. They come to me. If not, if they crash out, I've got the win. If they crash out, I've got the win. So, 
it's sensible from Mir, so sensible. Um, it was. Um, I, th- I saw an article yesterday, I think, or the other day, and it was, it was on Mir, and uh, a lot of uh, for some reason, a lot of people don't like Joan Mir, but mm. he was basically saying that Quartararo needs to make a mistake. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he said he, w- he said he would make a mistake at the start of the year. He was like, Pe- uh, Fabio will make mistakes. Like that was his yeah, quote. Yeah, but I think it was a recent interview. So, and it, I think he did say in it, he needs to make a mistake in order for me and probably everyone, anyone else like Banyaya to actually be in with a chance. But yeah. I don't know, people just seem to, which is true, it's logical, isn't it? I don't think, you know, for me, Fabio has got one hand on the championship and he, you know, he needs yeah. to make a mistake in order for me or Banyaya to win. And But people seem to... Oh, you know, I was kind of a, kind of getting off the topic here, but you know, Twitter's quite toxic, and all people were saying is, "Oh, you only won the twenty twenty championship through luck," and it's you know, load of rubbish championship and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a load just, of rubbish, absolute oh, load of talk. anyone that thinks that Mir was given that or whatever, you've got again. Just it's not even worth the argument. They no. do not hand world championships out to anyone no one like if you are given a world championship i'm sorry you must be like fighting for the world championship of fishing or something between you and your dad like that you know you don't get given a world championship like i've seen it before on twitter where you hear people saying like mere you only got it because mark crashed out yeah okay cool but he did so what you want about like that's like me saying Rossi would have been an eleven-time world champion if Nicky Hayden didn't win the two thousand six one and Lorenzo yeah. won the fifteen one. And mm-hmm. people are going, "Yeah, but how can you say that?" Because he they still won it. It's like same logic. Like mm. Mark Marquez wouldn't be a world champion if he didn't ride bikes. Yeah, but he does. So he so he has won world championship. Like the the logic in saying if Mark didn't, I'm I'm sorry, but Wayne Rainey would have stopped Kevin Schwantz from winning any world titles if he didn't get paralyzed from the, the waist down. But he did. So, tough. Like, people come up with that excuse. Be quiet. That is yeah. the most polite <laughs> way I can say. Be quiet. And please, please move on. And never use it as an excuse. Because you're... I mean, I'm not saying this is for everyone. But in my opinion, I think a lot of people hate me because they're bitter about him being the kind of guy to sort of say how he feels and sometimes be a bit on the offensive. Yeah. But Mark Marquez is that, but a little bit more PR, in my opinion. Mm. Mark's very, like, you know, says things that you think, mm, I don't know about that, Mark, and has done a lot of things where you think, well, he gets away with that, but nobody else gets away with it. But because he's a very, you know, smiley-looking guy and, you know, Ticks all the boxes for PR. Very good. Speaks great English. Speaks great. Also speaks great Italian. And you know, kind of <laughs> ticks all these boxes. And has always done it since being a kid. I'm not discrediting Mark, but because it's Mia, people are like, "Oh, I don't like him. He, he moans. He does this and does that." Every rider on the grid moans. They all moan about something. Everyone's got a problem, whether it be with another rider or a rule or a little thing, or whatever, they all complain. If they didn't complain, they wouldn't be in the position they are now. Because they complain because of how much they want to win. Mir wants to win 
all the time. Whether he does is a, ma- a matter of him being sensible and saying, I don't need to win, I'll take third place. But because then he complains, people are like, oh, he's annoying, he's this, he's that. If you said to me, Yamaha, second rider, if it wasn't for Morbidelli get, being signed, which he is, to the factory team, who would you have had? Mia. Mm-hmm. Mia or Oliveira, straight yeah. right. Yeah. This, uh, this was the article as well, by the way. Um, he said, "If we stay on the, you've probably seen it. If we stay on the podium, Fabio will make mistakes. I cannot make mistakes. He maybe can, but I cannot. So Joan Mia knows if he's to retain his title, he needs to be perfect from here on out. Yeah. And then the comments, it's like, you know, he won it by fluke, not retaining shit. Um, <laughs> another ones like that. Won it just... by fluke. Oh my god." You like, like you look at like fluke. Yeah, you look at like Nicky Hayden. Hayden won like three races in his whole career. Oh, in his whole career, but he's a champion. Like but again, like you the, the point of being a world champion is that you've got the most points at the end of the year. It's not you've won the most yeah. races. You that's outperformed not, that's, everybody. Yeah, you have the most points at the end of the year. That's what it's that is what it's judged on. If it was judged on how many wins you've got. Fabio will literally mm-hmm. be crowned champion this weekend because nobody can get more wins than him. So, right. Everyone that says that thing of like, oh, you've won one race, Mir, it doesn't matter. He has one world title. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I, I, you know, me with, with Yamaha and Fabio and whatnot. Fabio has more wins in, in, Jeep, in Grand Prix than Mir does. But Mir's got world, more world titles because he's got one. Fabio does, doesn't have any. So, yeah, is, say what you like. Yeah, you know, last year Mir was yeah. able to keep it, you know, yeah. consistent and stay on the podium. And Fabio kind of had a mental breakdown, but yeah, exactly. But it, it is what it is. You can sit there and say, you know, Nicky Hayden got three wins in his career. Yeah, he did. But Nicky Hayden has a legacy now where, you know, people can look at him and go, "Oh, what?" Nicky Hayden looks him up. MotoGP World Champion. No one goes. Yeah. Nicky Hayden. Oh, he only won three races. They go, Nicky Hayden. Oh my God. 2006 world champion that's that's insane that's that's a great achievement mm-hmm. no one is sitting there saying oh he only won three races people look up danny pedroza and go god that many wins he didn't win a world championship but that's his numbers are impressive john Mir, one win and he was he's won a world championship that's amazing but he's still a world champion so this argument of yeah. fluke and all that is absolute it is stupid tosh tosh mm. if you are coming it out is. with it it's Tosh. End of story. Rider of the day, a name Bastianini. And Matt, Fuck you! Yeah. You bastard! <laughs> no, to be fair, like I, I, I was said on, just I said on uh... Twitter, like before the race, I think I said it on Saturday, I was like, people need to stop putting respect on Ney Bastianini's name. And my guy pulled through the day after he clearly saw my tweet and was like, you know what? Yeah, people need to stop putting respect on my name. So yeah, I've, I think I've, I've nicked every one from I think pretty much. Have. Probably. Um, Why should you pick yours? I'm going to double check. Go on then, Matt. I've nicked all of yours. Uh, I'm going to go with Aleish. Another fourth place. Oh, damn it. Beat out Miller again. <sighs> I mean, and especially now that you <laughs> you look at where he was, and then you look at where Maverick was, and... Mm. I mean, granted, the bite, though, let, let's, yeah, he's new, but it's like totally alien. everyone was saying after the Mazzano test, like, oh, he's only like a second off of a leash. He oh, he's really getting the hang of this bike. Yeah. It's like, 
and then he's 28 seconds or 27 seconds back it's at the end of the being, race. Yeah, it's all good being a second off. But then it, to get those extra tenths is like trying to put a man on the moon. Like, and people saying, mm-hmm. oh, Maverick will then, like, he's like going to be the first person to win on three different bikes or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, he might, but people are saying he's going to win before the end of the year. I'm, I'm sorry, but I, no. Just, nah. If, if Maverick. If Maverick wins on the Aprilia before the end of this year, I think that's the same probability of Alicia Spargo winning the world title, which I mean, is still mathematically yeah. possible. I genuinely think we're talking the same odds. I just don't I think, think it's possible. Yeah. Realistically, where where could he win? Misano? What what track's good for the Aprilia? Uh, let's see. I mean, we've he, got Misano. He holds the lap record around Misano. So we have Misano, Coda, another Misano, Algo. Uh, Portimao, and then nope. Uh, Valencia. Nope. The literally only chance he's got a winning is the second Mizano because he's probably had as much lap time as yeah. anybody else and he's had a two-day test on it. So possibly, mm-hmm. maybe the first or second Mizano. But even still, is he going to go from 20th, wherever he finished, at Aragon to winning Mizano 1? Mm. I don't no. think so. <laughs> mm. I'll be lucky if he's in the points. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. You know, and I... I've always backed Maverick, but I just think it's going to be a long time until he gets mm-hmm. those extra tents off. But we'll see. True. Right, my rider of the day, a bit, bit of fun this one, actually, but probably Fabio for um, making, the championship, <laughs> make the championship a bit bit more exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad he finished. He was, he was, fighting, he was fighting for survival, though, wasn't he? There was... Um, Pretty much. Nakagami, Nakagami, Martin yeah, had a little He was charge. not very happy with the bike. Well, no, I say, he, he was... literally the first sentence of his debrief was, I'm not happy with today's I mean, bike. I was like, damage, oh. it was it, it was damage limitation, and I think he did well to to But he even to... said like like coming into this weekend, like I do not anticipate I will do well here. I don't like this track. Yeah. I like mean... those were like that was like you know pre-press conference stuff he was saying like i don't like this track i don't see how well we're gonna do here i mean you know if you look at it in a way of from fabio's point of view yeah before silverstone and no like go from just before silverstone race and then after aragon so the gap between mia and fabio so going into silverstone fabio wins mia finishes ninth yes ninth so first and ninth Aragon, Mir finishes third, Fabio finishes eighth. So actually, from before Silverstone, and mm. now people are saying, oh my God, the championship's wide open. And before we went to Silverstone, everyone was like, yeah, Fabio might win. We're now going to Mazzano where people are saying, Pecco or Fabio might win. I don't think Mir will put a glove on Pecco or Fabio at Mazzano. I genuinely think, and this could be, Bold of me saying this because I've just sat there and backed Mir up. I think Mir will be competitive going into this championship fight. But I do think, barring Valencia, maybe, I think Pecco's got a better chance of fighting for the cha- uh, championship than Mir. Because mm. we've got two Mizanos, and if anyone's quick around Mizano, Pecco. Pecco is. And the seal's quick. broken as well. And the seal's broken. He's got He's full of confidence. And Fabio's got something to prove to kind of get back up there to sort of stop the damage limitation of uh, Pecco. So if you want my prediction, I think that Pecco is going to finish 
closer to Fabio at the end of the year than Mir is. But that depends on whether Pecco has one of those Pecco weekends like he did at Silverstone, which was pretty poor. So mm. you know, Mir's like this constant wave, and Pecco has been like, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. I mean, but like Josh yeah. says, the seal's broken, so you don't know what Pecco you're going to get. Misano was a track. Um, Yamaha's like, like to go around it. Um, yeah. But Ducati's and Suzuki, which is probably more similar to a Yamaha compared to any other bike. Um, I mean, you say this, Joe, I think they're the three best bikes around it. Because if you look mm. at last year, Pekka was actually leading the race before Maverick went on to win it. Yeah. Pekka crashed out and Pekka was quick because Pekka's quick round Mizano anyway because the VR46 guys do training around it. Um, and if you remember last year as well, towards the end of the race, Mir was picking people off left and right. He actually pipped mm. Rossi to the podium, didn't he, to stop Rossi getting his 200th podium. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mir, what are you doing? So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do think it's a, a good chance for maybe all three of them. What about if we have a three-way battle between them three? Oh, <laughs> then the elbows will come that'd out. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I feel... Um, oh, what was it? I've lost it. I think, yeah, with the track, um, it's because it's kind of, that's it, because it's it's kind of like the second Italian race, really, isn't it? Um, you know, but it, 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 the onus is on Pecco because it goes well around there. I feel that mm-hmm. could be an extra factor in him doing well because it is like a home away from home, basically. Yeah, I mean, it is and in I'm... Italy technically, isn't it? So yeah, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not San Marino. Anyone that's been will know it's, it's not, it's not in San Marino, but it's classed as a San Marino Grand Prix. But I don't know. I, it's weird because last time he did well. He, he was quick round there. Home pressure. Crashed out. Magello go well round there, was leading, crashed out. And yes, the Jason thing and everything could have played a factor, but I'm only going off of what I can go off. And he's not really got a great track record of racing at home, Pecco, in general. No. He doesn't, I mean, I'll have to look this up for the next podcast, which will be obviously. Obviously, you know, going into this sort of like after the race has already happened. But Pecco doesn't have an amazing track record in GP at, at home. So he, he will also have that pressure of trying to right the wrongs of mm. the monkey on his back of like perform feel, at home sort of thing, especially now you're yeah, on top. I feel that 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 last race was a game changer though. Yeah. Because sure. he's finally got a win. He's yeah. <laughs> which is something that's eluded him f- for so long. Um I think he'll now know as well, though, that he's won, that he's kind of got his future secured with the factory team. Yeah. Because they've not actually announced his renewal, and I think they've kind of been saying, you know, perform, and then we'll give you a contract, and now he has. So that yeah. pressure's off him. So it'll be interesting, but I definitely think Pecco will be one to kind of stop. Mm. And I think if you can look at damage limitation for so long, but I think Fabio will also look at this as though, why should I be damage limitation like looking at that side of things when I'm quick enough to win around here as well. Because now we're looking at Fabio on a factory Yamaha as opposed to the, you know. So you've got two very, very promising riders there to win. And (laughs) I don't know if he's back this weekend, but is Frankie Morbidelli on the factory bike or not? So there are talks that he will not return this week because he still has, he's still working on his leg. Um, 
So there, because there's reports that Crutchlow will remain on the bike, and then they're looking at Frankie on the factory team for Coda. Right. Oh God, Coda, I can't. I oh, that and Yamaha is like Aragon. I just no. Mm. <laughs> but uh. Moving to last part of the episode, moving on to MotoGP Fantasy. Uh, uh, honestly, I before, just quickly, Fantasy, I checked my Fantasy and I was like, I have not been on this for so long. I realize I've got an injured Miguel Oliveira in for the last two races, so I, I just don't even care at this point. <laughs> I just uh, don't even care. First place is still Ant-Man Motorcycles. Second place, Matic Motorsport. Uh, Tiger Motorsports in third. Rinsen 10 in fourth. Where's where we have some movement? Takanaka Wakagami's in fifth. Bunno's dropped down to sixth. Yeah. Danical Motorsports in seventh. SO7 in eighth. Buffalo Bills in ninth. Pandora's Box in tenth. Triple Seven Six Fiver in eleventh. And Unflexible in twelfth. Uh, yeah, Bunno, you're, you're dropping down there. I'm in yeah, third now. Well. Yeah, I've dropped. Next year, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna try and keep on top of a fantasy like I say this every single year with football and with GP. <laughs> and I probably won't end up doing it, but you know. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I made some changes last week before uh, ahead of this to try to get as many points as I can. I'm boosting a rider for this upcoming race, so I'm trying Ooh. to make some moves here. So am I using my last boost, so. I'm, I'm using my first left. boost, actually. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we we lose I mean, it's, it's, it's me. It's me, so I'm not going to fucking do anything, am I? I'm awful at this <laughs> you gonna, Are you going to boost Fabio? Do it. I may or may not have already done that. Just to, just yeah. to, jinx, just to jinx him. No, no, because I was going to tweet about it, and I was like, I've put double on Fabio going into the one race that I've been saying all year whenever we mention fantasy. I'm like, wait for Mazzano. I'll put double on him now. And if he crashes out, I will not only cry <laughs> for my fancy, but I will actually dig my own grave. I honestly, if Fabio crashes at Mizano, don't speak to me. I don't want a podcast. I don't want. To, I don't want any human communication. Be fair. for the next year. Like I, I know will you cry. I know how you feel because I, I boosted Banyaya at Mugello, so yeah. Aww. But Mugello, uh, Mugello is a different case. Now. Yeah, I know what you mean. But imagine if Pekka was leading the championship now oh, and you'd God. been following Pekka for as long as I have with, with Fabio and then you double him and not only for his championship but for your fantasy as well, it just goes down the pan. You are. Oh, no. No, I was... no, 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 no. I'm not mentally prepared for that. I really, <laughs> No, jokes aside, I will cry. Like Honestly, you will go on my Twitter and it will just say, this account has been suspended or something like i, I would just yeah. be like delete like honestly oh, something God. funny i was i wanted to look at because I, I was looking at uh, f1 fantasy and moto gp fantasy this past weekend in the constructors for moto gp you clearly have ducati on top they have seven <laughs> bikes you Thank know 360.5 points who do you think is in second place in the constructors in points I would say um, Yamaha, based on the fact that most of the points are Fabio. <laughs> but I could be wrong. Josh? KTM? Oh, yeah, I was going to say KTM. It, KTM is ahead of Yamaha by 0. Yeah. 0.5 points. Wow. 
Yeah. Well, that's when you have four bikes that can actually score points. Well, they well no, they because I guess they counted Pedroza that says they got five bikes. True. Yeah. And then Yamaha it's showing they have six, so I'm guessing they are counting Crutchlow and Well, they've had Dixon. extra rides, aren't they? Yeah, Crutchlow and yeah. Dixon. But Crutchlow only just getting to grips with it again. Dixon, brand mm-hmm. new. Morbidelli injured. Rossi, yeah. Patronus and Rossi kind of just like sacking it off. And Vignales, yeah, who's no longer there. So to be fair, to say Fabio's got them to third, that's an achievement in itself. Uh, yeah, Fabio is literally carrying Yamaha. Like, mm-hmm. legit, he is carrying Yamaha. He has 369 points himself. Like, he has more points than Ducati has with seven riders. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at some of this fantasy stuff over the weekend because I wanted to make some. Ch- I'd like my F1 team got a massive overhaul. Uh, let's not talk about that. I. That was <laughs> points for Williams, no? Um. Well, no, the fantasy team because I oh, fancy, sorry. I mega drivered Pierre Gasly. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. oh. um, Can we? I uh, just like I, I was so happy to see Danny Rick win. Like so happy. Oh, like when it when it I, happened, I was just like the biggest grin on my face. Rick, just Rick. Oh, oh yeah, God. like it, it was you can't one of the hate like him. You can't. No, no. no. And oh, and whenever he points legit. <laughs> When he got up to the uh, the um, podium interviews, and it was uh, who was it, Coltard? They were oh, standing yeah. there, and the first thing he asked, "Can I swear?" They're like, "No, you can't swear." He's like, "Ah, oh, damn." <laughs> you see, when Bottas yeah. got shown the replay, and he just <laughs> it just went. That's becoming its own meme. He's just like, yeah, he turned around and he like, just yeah. turned cool. around. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's quite. He's yeah. becoming uh, the next Jimmy Raikkonen, and he just don't. He's he's taken the mantle of the Finn. Um, well, and then you figure he's going to take Kimmy's seat too. So yeah, yeah. Oh, and one more yeah. thing: on fantasy teams. My fantasy Premier League team was also awful this weekend. I had Antonio as my triple, not triple captain. Sorry, I didn't go that far. But I had Antonio as my captain. Who uh, they were finishing? No, he got a red yeah. card. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my dad my dad did triple captain him, so he got minus. Your dad has points. started to make a name for himself yeah, on dad's... this last two hours. <laughs> <laughs> your dad is uh, a character, safe I to told say. Him, I told him, I said, don't use your triple captain this early in the season. You know, wait wait until Christmas when you have... Wait until some people have got a bit of form week. going, yes. you know what I mean? Like... And he was like, no, I've I've worked it out. Southampton, the, the shipping goals and and... West Ham. Well, so he thought scoring. away from home, West Ham, yeah. Antonio. Yep, triple county. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff right there. And you only get one of them a season. So he's done. That's him now. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Josh's dad, if you are listening to this, you, if you, you do owe, you owe your other half a massive apology for Silverstone. And you owe Mikel Antonio a big slap across the face for triple captain. <laughs> yeah. He is a KTM fan now, though. He said they sounded the best. So they did sound good. They, they did sound KTM's amazing. Sound. So now he's a KTM fan. Saying that though, the, the triumphs are so loud. Oh yeah. Ridiculously loud. Honestly. Matt, get yourself to Kota. Speak to Matt uh, yeah. and you know, and all the other guys. Yeah, I'll, day, just I'll pull like, some strings. Yeah, just, just get me down there. Make, take, actually. Make the... Message Amy Reynolds and say, "Look, you're not there. You should be there. Can I go?" Well, no, because um, oh, who do they have? Because whenever they had the uh, pre-race press conference, um, 
Matt Birdie, it, it, they have somebody in Amy's place, and Matt Bird even goes, well, you're not in Amy's dress, so I'm a little disappointed. And I tweeted, <laughs> I went on there and commented, said, Amy, uh, can he use your dress? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's um, both races done in less than two hours, I believe. Actually. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be close. But uh, yeah, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at Red Sector MotoGP. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five star rating. Uh, be sure to follow on Twitch Southern E Racing League. Uh, it's a MotoGP Xbox Racing League I'm going to be taking part in. Um, every Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern time, I'll be taking part in the Moto3 uh, because I probably will not get picked for MotoGP or Moto2. Uh, this is a, like, some of these guys <laughs> are in the top 100 of the Xbox leaderboards. Oh, I, I definitely don't hold, um, I definitely didn't hold the top 15 lap around Donington last year on PS4. I didn't, I swear to God. <laughs> I, well, uh, I can tell you, uh, on Moto3 around Sepang, I'm working my way up the list. I think I'm up to like 20-something. Mind you, yeah. there's like 50-some people, but I'm on that list, damn it. <laughs> Josh is probably just sitting there thinking, I could not think of anything worse. I than could give a shit less. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so just wanted to give that a little plug. Uh, like I said, every Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern oh. time. So over there, that would be 12.30. So. Yeah, tune in, guys, at half past yeah. midnight for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's better if, if Moto2 yeah. is 8.15 <laughs> and MotoGP is 9 o'clock. I'll be honest We've... with you, Matt. I support you in everything that you do, but I will not be coming in for that one. Uh, well, you can always watch the replays. So, yeah, and with that, keep the throttle pinned.